here we are breaking bread. Is this bread? Well, scone. You can breaking break, <laughs> breaking scones, scones together. Drinking coffee. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael here with Father Herb. Hello, everybody. Father Herb here with Michael. I stopped at my normal stop prior to the podcast, which is the Flying Joe. By the way, this is not a commercial. They do not sponsor this show in any way, shape, or form. We just happen to like them a lot. And the scones were calling my name this morning. Well, I am drinking coffee leftover from the morning's Bible study. Mine's fresh. Mine was fresh, but it's still warm. But I have this delicious lemon blueberry scone, and I said to Father, would you like a bite? And he said no, and then then I took another bite, and he said, no, I would like a bite. So yes. we're breaking bread. It's like bread and wine, except coffee. Coffee and, and scones. scones. <laughs> How's every, how are you doing? I'm very well. I, I am very excited. Yesterday, Monday, yeah. I got my booster shot, my third Pfizer shot. Congratulations. So I am now Superman. You are super, super boosted. It's, yep. I read an article um, a couple weeks ago. It was a very small study, so I don't give it a lot of credibility. But it basically said that those that had COVID plus a uh, vaccination are like have super immunity. And so I, I sent the article to my mom and then a picture of the Incredible Hulk. And I said, why has she had COVID? No, no, you oh, have. I had, oh, that's I you. Thanks. Okay. For re- thanks for remembering. Well, I remember, but I, I didn't know what your mom had to do. with it. Well, I was just sharing the information. With Does her. your mother listen to the podcast? I don't think so. If she does, hi mom. I don't. I don't <laughs> think she does though. So anyway, this is a a busy time of year, a busy weekend coming up. This weekend we have not only our regular Sunday masses, we also have the celebration of confirmation on the Sunday. sacrament of confirmation. It's, this year we're going to do it at one mass. You may recall it was the first Sunday of October last year, and we really worked to make sure the church was not overcrowded. So we broke it into two groups. Was that last year? That seems farther, longer ago. I I called uh, Bishop Thomas and I said, Bishop, we'd like to break it into two groups. And I know you're planning to come. Can you delegate me to, to confirm at the other mass? And in his generosity, he said, oh, I'll come for both. So it was, it was a double header with the bishop. Yes. And he gave basically the same homily, both masses, which of course is legitimate. I do that too. And I I was going to say, that's what you do. (laughs) Of course. All right. Uh, I play the same music. Yeah, and even written by somebody else. Oh, my goodness. That's true. <laughs> uh, and um, But anyway, so this week we're having confirmation. And just one I'm, mass. I'm looking forward to it. It should be great. Monsignor Bill Kubaki is coming. He's a great guy. He's we've, wonderful. We've been friends for years and years and years. Um, He's known me since I was little. His, te- his sister was a teacher at my grade school. Okay. So I've known Father for a Father Kubaki is originally from Point Place. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, good to know. Yeah. So confirmation is this weekend. And then on Monday is not only a special day for you. Oh, what is my middle name? Francisco. Yeah. Herbert Francis Weber. And I love St. Francis of Assisi. And there is the old tradition of blessing pets, blessing animals on your on the Feast of St. Uh, Francis. And we don't do it every year, usually because the schedule's busy, or last year we were involved in confirmation on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So this year I said, we're going to do it. So it's going to be Monday afternoon, Monday evening at 6.30 yeah. on the South Lawn. Now, if people don't know what the South Lawn is, you drive in the parking lot and drive all the way to the other end of the lawn towards Bowling Green, Yeah, at the other end of the parking lot, and we'll be out on the grass. And when you get to the end of the asphalt, you've reached... The South Lawn. The South Lawn. It sounds much more 
like a big deal than it is. Well, the South Lawn doesn't that sound almost like uh, you know the something at the White House? Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. They're going to receive guests on the South Lawn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to bless animals on the South Lawn, and we're going to have dogs. I've asked people to bring dogs on a leash. Yeah. Can't you imagine if some of those dogs chasing other dogs? If we don't oh, it'd do be that? great. No, it wouldn't be great. Oh. <laughs> uh, and cats, we're going to keep them in containers because. I'm not going to herd cats. <laughs> it's like herding cats. That, yeah. That's a saying. I know. I have done this before, and there are people who bring in, um, what did you, you used to have what, a, a guinea pig? I did have a guinea a pig. A guinea pig? Yeah. People bring in guinea pigs. I remember blessing a tarantula once. Oh, my. Uh, How often, about, would, often people bring snakes. Would you take a stink bug? No. I don't see them as pets. Well, they, they, my, need a, they need a blessing. My they, daughter, Audrey, would very much argue with you because we have two stink bugs in a little cage at our house right now, and they have names, and she's got stink bug food. We're so desperate for pets at the puppet's house, we are now containing stink bugs. Are, are they still alive? I, I don't know the I don't know the lifespan of a stink. Oh, bug. we asked Alexa. They can live up to from like up to eight months or something like that. Uh, also, this morning when she came down, she said, "I think they're still sleeping because they're not moving." And I thought that may be the eternal rest that they're in. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be checking on them after school today. But it's kind of pathetic. I need to get the kids an animal. But this just more well, work. You, you had dogs. We did have dogs. We had two great dogs. Well, we had one good dog and an okay dog. (laughs) And uh, we loved having them. I love pets, but it's a lot of extra work in the house. It's a lot of extra work. We're enjoying... A lot of our staff have pets. Did you know that? Yeah, you don't. I don't. Did you ever have a a dog? Growing up, we always had a dog. But as 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 an adult, adult, you never... Because some priests have dogs. When I was first ordained, this was wonderful. When I was first ordained, the pastor had a pet dog named Murphy. Mm Mm-hmm. The pastor was Irish, and the dog was Murphy, and Murphy was not a very clean dog. The second pastor I was with, uh, the pastor had a dog named Amigo, and Amigo was not a very clean dog. Then when I became pastor, my associate had a dog named Deacon. Deacon was pretty clean, but my associate wasn't. (laughs) I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast. Uh, oh, I think I've said that to his face. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's good. Now, pets are wonderful. And so what time is it again on Monday? It's 6, 6.30 p.m. Okay, so come on out to the South Lawn. Father will be there ready to bless all pets except yeah, And for I'm going to be very bugs. careful. I'm not going to use the aspergill. You know, that's the, the thing with sure. the holy water. And you swing it. Right. Because, A, a dog might think I'm throwing a stick and they're going to go running after it. <laughs> Or B, they might think I'm attacking somebody and they might attack me to defend yeah, that, their master. That wouldn't be good. So I'll just have a little bowl of water and I'll kind of sprinkle I, it on people. I don't want to see that headline in the blade on Tuesday. Priest mauled by, <laughs> yeah. by dog during, during pet, pet blessing. Right. All right, let's get into the gospel reading for this weekend. Uh, still in the gospel of Mark. This but, uh, Chapter 10 already. How many chapters did I tell you? Uh, 17 16 16 you're, you're close oh, i was close you were close so this weekend is the 27th sunday in ordinary time hey we're doing we're doing a new song this weekend what's what's it called it's called house of the lord it's by phil wickham actually the next couple weeks we're october we're doing a couple of new songs both by phil wickham so i, I haven't heard of phil wickham oh you'd love him you guys should be friends Wickham, I love him. Wickham. <laughs> so he's a, a Christian singer, obviously, and uh, he's got a, it's a huge hit right now. It's called House of the Lord. Anybody that listens to Christian radio will know this song. 
Uh, and then there's another one we're doing in a couple weeks off the same album. Uh, it's called His Name is Jesus. Okay. Do they have albums these days? Are yeah, they people still, still have albums? albums. Most people don't buy albums anymore. No. I was just watching that the other day. They were talking about how, you know, the whole the whole gimmick of an album was you buy a ten dollar CD to get one song, but you also get twelve other songs. And sometimes nobody does that anymore. Sometimes those other songs become real hits, uh, fam- favorites. Sure. Uh, how many times did the Beatles? release a, a B-side of a 45. Yeah. And the B-side became a big hit in addition to the A-side. Sure. You're not... I know what you're talking about, but that was not You my, know what an A-side and a B-side is? The My cassette tapes had an A-side and a B-side. Same oh. same premise. You had cassette. Well, that was that era in between Yeah. Uh, vinyl and CD. Yeah. And, and now we don't even have CD. No, it's just Spotify. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so a couple new songs coming this month. One of those will be this weekend. And then let's get into the gospel reading, chapter 10 from Mark. And it's really long. And there is a shorter version that may be used in some churches, but we're going to read the whole thing. Because Father likes to really make sure you get your money's worth. I'm going to let you, since you're the one that's married, I'm going to let you read the first part. Okay. I will come in where when people are bringing little children to Jesus. All right. The Pharisees approached Jesus and asked, Is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? They were testing him. He said to them in reply, What did Moses command you? They replied, Moses permitted a husband to write a bill of divorce and dismiss her. But Jesus told them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. In the house, the disciples again questioned Jesus about this. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And people were bringing children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus, when Jesus saw this, He became indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not prevent them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Amen, I say to you, whoever does not accept the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. Then he embraced them and blessed them, placing his hands on them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So to make it really clear, the long version includes what we just read. The short version, which some priest w- may choose to use, does does not include the part about the children. It, it was just the part I, that I read. That's correct. Um, but if you take the whole thing with the children, this is the third week in a row that children aren't mentioned in the scriptures. Sure. Isn't that cool? It is. I often use the passage that I just read about bringing children to Jesus when I have a baptism outside of Sunday Mass, like on Sunday afternoon, because there is a scripture reading. There's a little liturgy of the word. Sure. And I often use that. But uh, let's talk about the first part, which is pretty extensive. This is going to be heavy for some people. Yeah. It's um, unsettling for some. The last, and we said this, you said the same thing about last week. We've got these beautiful autumn days and these heavy readings. You come in and you hear, you know, the whole thing about cut off your hand and cut off your foot and pluck out your eye and the word of the Lord. (laughs) But also there is, I would say, a lot of misunderstanding about 
divorce and the Catholic Church as well. So perhaps okay. we could yeah. get into that a little we, bit. We can try to explain that, but I'm going to start by saying part of what Michael read is a direct quote. Now, you can't see it, but it's written in italics because it's a quote from the book of Genesis. The Correct. first the first reading this Sunday is the whole part. It is not good for the man to be alone. Let us make him a helpmate. Yeah. And then it goes on, and this whole thing about... Uh, for this reason, a man shall leave father and mother, and the two shall become one. That section is often you, chosen by cu engaged couples to be read at their marriage. Okay. They don't necessarily pick the whole part about divorce or the hardness of your heart or committing adultery, but they do choose the part about, um, for this is why a man leaves father and mother, and the two shall become one, which is the way the the ritual is set up. Okay. Um, so it's not like they're trying to avoid the harsh feeling, but they're trying to emphasize what's going on. Mm -hmm. I asked the question in the Bible study. I said, what does that really, I mean, why is marriage considered so sacred? You know, why is it? And I, it comes down to marriage is, is a symbol among people, uh, more than a symbol, it's a sign among people of the covenant. Yeah. God is one with people. Jesus is one with the church, and a man and a woman become one with each other, and they symbolize that. That's and so it's really like not breaking the unity between God and the people. Yeah. So um, marriage was always considered very, very strong. Now, in the very early church, marriage was always respected, but it was not necessarily the way we picture it now. Like a couple gets engaged and they go to the church, they they may have celebrated the sacrament of marriage after they had been married a while. Okay. Now that part of that's just history, the way, the way it evolved in the United States, a priest like myself wears two hats. I am representing the church at a wedding, but I also am licensed by the state of Ohio. Right. So actually I would like to see you wear two hats, uh, two hats at um, the same time. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one over my face, sure. but but the the whole rationale is we represent both. If you go to some countries like Mexico, Central America, and I think some of the European countries, they're totally separate. You go through the civil or the secular ceremony first, and it might be very simple. You might just go before a, a judge or a representative of the court, yeah. and you're you're legally married, and then you go to church. Mm -hmm. But in this country, we do it together. And even though we always talk about separation of church and state, it's not 100% separation. Right. So we, we represent both. Which is, it's it's convenient, but I think it also, it makes the, the celebration that we do here in the church as we celebrate the sacrament all that all the more joyful because it's it's complete. Yeah. Right. Have you, have you ever noticed... In a Catholic ceremony, there's no place where I say, I now, you know, by the power invested me in me by the Catholic Church and the state of Ohio, I now pronounce you husband and wife. Yeah. We don't say that. You don't say that. And the reason we don't say that is because we believe the couple confers the sacrament on each other. Mm -hmm. So after they say the vows, the priest says, you have pronounced, they don't use the word pronounced, you have declared mm -hmm. yourself a husband and wife 
in they used the word consent instead of vows. Mm-hmm. You have consented to the to be married as husband and wife. You have declared yourself. Well, they even give consent prior to the vows. You know, no, you, that's that statement of intent. We go from statement. Oh, of that in, is intent. Yeah. I'm statement sorry. of intent to statement of consent. Yes. The three questions. It's sort of, and I, I see a lot of Protestant churches do the same. It's sort of like, before you say your vows, state once again why you're here. Yeah. So we ask three questions. Have you come here freely and without reservation? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be free. If you're being forced, it's not a marriage. Sure. Will you love and honor each other for the rest of your life? So it's both love and for life. Yeah. And then the third one, we accept children lovingly from God. Mm-hmm. So once they declare that, then they turn towards each other and declare their consent. So first intent and then, then consent. I'm going to have to get married again. And then to the same person. To the, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just need to practice this more. Okay. Then after that, and I, I hope you noticed it. After that, I put my hand on the, the hands of the husband and wife, mm-hmm. the newly married couple, because they're holding hands. Yes. And the, there is a, a, a new translation that came out about five years ago. It used to say, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Which was in the gospel reading we just read. But now it says, it says, what God has joined together, let no one put asunder. Which I challenge you to use the word asunder any other time. Well, I did my research. Okay. I was waiting for you. So I did some research. <laughs> okay. And the word asunder means to separate, but it's a lot, it's, uh, it's more physical than that. It's almost like rip apart. Rip apart. It's, yeah. it's very gra- it's, graphic. It, yeah, it's a it's an adverb. So let no one put asunder. An adverb modifies a verb. So yes. no let no one tear asunder, you know. It's also sometimes used as an adjective. Like and I found this quote a couple of times. Uh those two people are, are as asunder as the North Pole from the South Pole. So then it's an adjective and it not just not only means separated. Yeah. But radically separated. Could we also say like the North Lawn from the South Lawn here at St. John the Twenty? You know that the North Lawn is swale <laughs> and it's swamp right now because of the rain. That is true. But the the South Lawn is beautiful, it, and that's why we're blessing pets over there. Yeah. Although you oh, can put your fish on the North Lawn in the swamp. In yeah. the swamp, and I hope somebody brings a turtle. I like turtles. Oh, I'm gonna have to get a turtle before Monday. Okay, so with all of this, you know, it's fun because we're in the midst of wedding season in the church, and yeah. we, we get to celebrate weddings pretty regularly here. Um, I find myself it's very fun just to meet with the couples. In fact, tomorrow night I'm meeting with an engaged couple to to start planning their wedding, and I love just getting to know them and asking questions. How did you guys meet? And Especially the the couples that are really invested in the in the mass or in the ceremony oh, yeah. itself. We we have beautiful, wonderful couples who take it to heart. They know that they're preparing not just for a big day, yeah, but for a, a big life. Right. Uh, I always try to tell couples there's a difference between the wedding and the marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wedding industry in this country is a big industry. Sure. You know, with the reception hall, the caterers, and the cake, and uh, more cake, and flowers, scones. and the DJ, and the scones. <laughs> it, it's it's a big industry, and I i don't begrudge it. However, everybody only talks about the day. Sure. The church always talks about what happens. You're, the, the marriage begins on that day, right. but it's not just about the wedding. Yeah, it, and it so, keeps going. so if the two are sh- two shall become one, it's not like become one, 
until midnight tonight, and then it's over. Yeah. In fact, we're this is the week. Do you remember where you were 11 years ago on October 1st? You're going to tell me that I was officiating at a wedding. My wedding? Yes. Our wedding. It your wasn't wedding. mine. I married another person. Okay, I know your mother doesn't listen. Uh, does your <laughs> wife listen? She Claire does listen with regularity. Good. Although sometimes I'll walk in the house and she'll be listening to the podcast and I make her turn it off because I don't want to. <laughs> um, but yeah, this week's our wedding anniversary. So this is, it's kind of fun to to be reflecting on this as we get yeah. ready. To... Well, I was thinking about reflecting on this in at the mass for confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is. A... I, I want to see how, how well Monsignor Kubaki works this into confirmation. Well, let me ask you this because we only have just a little bit of time left and I know there will be people uh, that will hear this reading that have gone through a divorce before and they may feel um, hurt or off put by the scripture reading coming to church this weekend. So I know that it's hard to do this in a short amount of time, but well, first of all, you know, we did not write the scripture. So it comes from Jesus, not from me. Sure. But the other thing to remember being divorced is not the same as being divorced and remarried. Correct. Um, and sometimes we know that divorce is necessary. Sometimes very, it's always painful, right? but it's necessary. Uh, sometimes, if you're really honest, people make a mistake. They just, they married the wrong person. Sure. And how does anybody know for sure? You don't. You know, when you say your vows, you don't really know what's kept coming in the next 11 years or 20 years or 55 years. Sure. Especially when you're in your, you know, a very yeah. young stage of life. So a good weekend this weekend. Bring your pets. But not on Sunday. Not to Sunday mass, please. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be it? Oh, we thought the pet, pet blessing was this morning. Yeah. <laughs> All right, friends. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you this Sunday for mass. Take care.